A reading from Matthew 24, 1-3. Jesus left the temple and was walking away when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to its buildings. Do you see all of these? he asked. Truly I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Back on uh, October 21st, uh, in a passage from Luke 19, the 41st uh, through the 44th verse, it is describing Jesus coming to Jerusalem and actually making or articulating the same prophecy. So here we have him repeating it, but now he's within the walls of Jerusalem. And, and, but every time the Bible repeats something like that, we need to pay special attention to it. And Jesus is, is it's kind of dangerous in a way because the, the, the temple is, is the seat of power and it's, uh, it's been much corrupted by uh, the people that manage it, the Pharisees and the, the, the big shots. But here he is, he's saying this a second time. And of course, it's historical, but you can't know that when Jesus says it. Right. It's not going to happen for uh, another 30 plus years when this reality. And so um, oftentimes a prophetic word is suspended out there in air waiting for um, the time when it uh, comes into fruition. And Jesus basically is challenging at the very core of some of their comfort level where they've put their confidence. The confidence was in the temple structure itself. Mm. You know, this massive um, uh, building, cathedral, architectural design, pointing to God. Original design was to draw people to God, but there was a false confidence in it. As long as we had the temple, God's presence was there. And it was only... uh, Five, six hundred years before that, uh, Jeremiah was saying, You keep saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Don't put your confidence in what God has um, given you in this, in this structure that points to Him, because if you're not honoring Him, His presence is not fully realized here. I guess uh, the, the, the situation for them, did, and here's a question. Um, when they're asking this, um, I don't think they feel uh, that the uh, Jesus is going to be um, captured by his enemies and then and crucified. Um, so they're asking about the end times. Why do you think they're talking about this? Or is are they asking? Is this the what is the end game here? Or, yeah. Well, they're they're wanting the <clears throat> the change to come quickly. They're, okay. Yeah, they're looking for, okay, when is this coming? When, when is the revolution happening? Uh, remember, they're, they're not expecting Jesus to be the suffering servant. They're looking at just the Messiah passages that talk about victory and him come riding in and the expectation of the day of the Lord when everything would be reestablished. Uh, but uh, the longing was so strong in that time that this would happen quickly. And so they're not expecting Jesus to delay. And we see this in uh, the years that follow, how long it takes them to write down the gospel stories. 
um, how there's this urgency uh, expecting. Paul has to write to the early believers. They're surprised that some people are dying and Jesus hasn't returned yet. And so they need a theology of understanding what happens to those who are dead when the second advent comes. And so um, there is this desire that would happen right now. But, but, but the, uh, just to kind of conclude this, the second advent is a an idea that will develop over time. I mean, it would make no sense right here because they're thinking of Jesus as being the the physical instrument of the change that is coming that will liberate. Right. Jesus has been giving them clues to this, but they couldn't receive it because they were all set on one advent.